Go to Romans 8. Uh, you know, it's, it, there's something about healing that escapes, how do I say this? Well, I guess I'll say it. Romans 8, 2, if you want to turn there. Uh, Romans 8, 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Okay, why do I bring that scripture up? Well, I'll tell you why. There was a man by the name of John G. Lake. Anybody here know who that was? Um, John G. Lake was a powerful man of God. And there's a lot to be said about Lake. Uh, and there's a lot to be said about Lake, and I won't even begin to get in there, but, you know, some of it was his entire family was cursed, dying. I mean, it was unbelievable. But anyway, uh, in the process, he got a revelation of this scripture. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. He got a revelation of that. Because if you're not familiar with it, you may not have any idea what it's saying there. But there's laws of sin and death. And you'll find those if you ever care about going there sometime in the 28th chapter of Deuteronomy. There's curses of the law in there. There's blessings and there's curses. If you really get a hold of that, you realize when Adam fell, there was a curse on the earth. And it came forth with the, the old law, really brought it forth because God wanted people to know why they had sickness and disease. And they, he's basically saying, look, if you stay with me, I'm God. If you stay with me, I love you, and I'll pull you out of these things. Uh, but if you, if you don't, then these curses can come upon you. And then we read a, a scripture that's familiar to many of you in Galatians 3.13 that says, uh, I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. That's in 3.13, for in verse 13, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law, having become a curse for me, for it is written, Curses everyone that hangs on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Okay, bottom line is, if in fact the sicknesses and disease, all of them are described in Deuteronomy 28, and he's redeemed us from those curses through his blood and through his stripes. Why should we have sickness and disease? Are there any sick among us? Well, why? Why would any Christian ever be sick? Or stay sick? Okay, let me give you a little stuff here that you may or may not want to want to hear but in, in this introduction you see we followed i never i i was at a prayer meeting and long time ago in the early 80s that i didn't intend to be there and a couple thousand people in a prayer meeting in minneapolis minnesota and i met john g lake's son-in-law wilford wright and it's the first time i'd heard about this man who was a in africa i'd heard about this man i didn't know who he was and they had the bubonic plague and they said, 
uh, this this John G. Lake was over there. He'd gone over there as a missionary. Took his whole family over there, and and these people were dying by the tens of thousands of the plague. And when they die, their mouth would foam from all this disease and this poison. And so the workers were there, and they're all covered up and everything. Lake was out there with his bare hands. This is a factual story, by the way. He was out there with bare hands helping with the sick. He's a mighty preacher, right? But guess what he's doing? He's helping. Yes. He's helping people. Not to, say, not to mention the fact that in five years you raised up 180 churches in that Africa at that time. Uh, and, and it's amazing. But, but the scientists and the workers and the doctors said, Lake, you'll die of this plague. He says, no, I won't die of this plague because the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is in me. I'm redeemed from the curse. They thought he was nuts. He said, okay, get your microscope out. This is in 19, well, around 1900, let's say. I, I, I've, I've got books and books and books and all that, because I read after him for a while. So he took that foam right off a dead person's mouth, put it in his hand, under the microscope, those germs died as soon as they hit his hand. Amen. Now, what do you think about that? Why do you think a believer ever has to put up with disease? If we get a hold of this fact, it's God's will to heal. Well, you see here, we got another little problem. Now, Sandy and I spent time without even wanting to, not even thinking about it. We used to go to Lake Coeur d'Alene Lake. Loved it. Took our boat out there uh, back when we weren't doing so good, but it was our little break, get out there and spend a week on the water and we had a company, we were shipping products. I had a white old van that we'd keep the products and had to plug in stuff. This is back 20, over 20 years ago. But anyway, I uh, read about some things and I read this book about Lake and I didn't know much about it. And then I didn't even realize it's from Spokane, Washington. So uh, without getting a long story about it, there came a time when we needed to uh, take care of a boat out there, you know, winterize it and all that. But all of a sudden one day, and Sandy and I were living in Colorado at that time. I said, Sandy, we've got to go to Spokane. And it wasn't about the boat. I said, we can take care of that. We've got to go. It's kind of like Sandy shared earlier. It's like we need to call, she needed to call that friend. So we rolled out there. What are we doing here? I don't know what we're doing here. We took care of the boat thing. But then uh, I got curious about this lake business. I said, you know, I think he was out of Spokane. Well, I want to get into the long story because, you know, calling somebody trying to find anything about him was just nuts. Um, so uh, I guess this one day, I, we drove all over. We had people say, well, maybe he's over here, maybe he's over there. And Sandy, one day, it's Saturday afternoon. I never intended to get into this story, but at the same time, I'm here. <laughs> Saturday afternoon, Spokane, Washington. Uh, and Sandy has this bright idea, you know, maybe we should go to the library. And I, of course, I, you know, typical man, well, you know, that'd be closed on Saturday afternoon. I look up and there was the library right over the hood of our car. We had just driven right to that building. We went up there, walked in there, asked the lady, do anything about John G. Lake in here? Well, yeah, that whole room in there. <laughs> So we, 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 we spent time, we read about a lot of stuff, a couple of the things I share today. Uh, uh, one of the things we found out about Lake is he died when he was 65 years old. Now, 
in Spokane, Washington, some of you that don't know what he did, he came back out of, out of uh, actually lost his wife over in Africa and came home, remarried somebody because he had a lot of kids. Uh, he came and, and God led him to Spokane, Washington. He goes out there. He begins to minister healing to people. 100,000 documented healings in five years had healing rooms, but also it's more than that because people would work with him. They'd go out and they'd stay with people until they got them healed. They didn't believe in doctors at all. Lake didn't believe in doctors. He'd already seen that stuff. And they, 100,000 documented healings. In fact, the Congress designated Spokane, Washington as the healthiest city in America at that time. But I want to tell you the downer part of it. At that time, there were a lot of what they called, quote, full gospel churches rising up. Azusa Street had happened. People were speaking in tongues all over the world. They formed these denominations, and I won't name them, but they're around today, all of them. And he'd go to them, and he says, what about healing? Now, this is a downer, so this is historic stuff, so don't be mad at me. They said, it's a side issue, Lake. God just wants people saved. And, you know, I've thought about that a lot over these years. If you're dying of cancer, is it a side issue for you to be healed? If you've got a tumor today, if you've got appendicitis, if you've got things going on, is it a side issue for you? Not for me. You know, God has used us to bring some people, some healing into people. Like I've shared, you know, uh, even, at, even getting saved uh, a little over a year, many have heard my story so many times, but at the same time, I knew nothing about the Lord. I just knew I was saved, and that's what I, all I could tell people. Get saved. Jesus set me free. Do you want to be free? Yeah, okay. Give me your hand. Let's go for it. Well, it was a year and four months. I got five tapes. One was how to pray in Jesus' name. One was agreement in prayer. One was binding and loosing. One was petitioning. Uh, maybe I've forgotten one. Five tapes. Three weeks later, after listening to those tapes, and I'm in the spring of the year, I'm busy, I'm spraying crops, I'm doing all kinds of things, but I got this little tape thing going right there by my pickup all the time. Three weeks later, God put me in the room with a man that was losing his leg from gangrene, scheduled to have it removed in three days. God had me share a word with him, and God, God healed him. I mean, this is one day the next morning he was healed, totally. Two weeks later, God had us lay hands on our, a child that was dying in the crib, and God healed her. All right, let me keep going here. Uh, in other words, if you're trying to tell me that healing is a side issue, you're in the wrong crowd. It's not a side issue when you have a need. And then when you have people out there, supposedly leaders in our ministries and so on, saying, well, we don't know if it's God's will or not. There's nothing ever did Jesus say, it's not my will to heal. Never once said that. What he said was there weren't going in his home country there. Uh, he, could, he could only... Do, there are just so many things he couldn't do because of their unbelief. So if you've got ministers of the gospel right now, and, and you go for healing, and they say, well, I don't know if it's God's will or not. Go to the next 
get out of that place if you need healing. I, I went, you know, we're at that time, we're, we're, we're in this stuff, and we're starting to things happen. We're trying to go to this church that had nothing to do with the Lord, trust me, big church. And I go in there, and we're talking about some stuff, and that's when he explained to me that it didn't matter if you ministered to people or not. Uh, you know, they're going to get saved, whatever. I said, then he's talking about visiting the hospital. I said, I said, why don't you pray for the sick? He said, Gary, you just don't understand. No, you go feel sorry for him, tuck him into bed and pray that whatever. I don't know what you pray when you don't believe anything. Gary, you, I still hear his words. Gary, you don't understand. What don't I understand? What I understand is somebody's sick and they need healing, let's pray for them because it's part of the covenant, everything. God said, by stripes we're healed. Why did he tell us that? 1 Peter 2.24 and Isaiah 53. Why did he tell us that? Am I getting anywhere today? I don't hope I'm... Uh, back to John G. Lake. Well, I'm getting there. So we get up there, and I say, what are we doing here? Because we had that trip to the library and everything. We finally found out he was buried over here in this big cemetery in Spokane. Well, what's that got to do with it? So we go back to their room that night, and I and the Lord took me to the scripture. I didn't look it up, but it's in there, where the Moabites were attacking, and one of them died, but he fell on Elisha's bones, and he got healed. Do you know that story? The anointing was still on Elisha in the grave, and this Moabite got wounded and fell on his bones and God healed him from that anointing. Read it. You can look it up. And I said, Sandy, I know what God wants to do. Yeah, you can look it up. He wants us to go lay on that gravesite. And we did. I have other people that say they did that, and I'm glad they did, but it was so supernatural for us. Uh, and we just laid there. And you know, when you're laying on a gravesite and God is doing things, and Sandy was picking these little four leaf clovers all around that thing, and we made little bookmarkers for our kids. But it's like God will speak to you about those people. And what I heard, we both felt we heard. Lake died at 65 of a broken heart because the church wouldn't listen to him about healing. I mean, the man in his lifetime might have more than 100,000 because he's in Africa, 180 churches, and I mean, might have been responsible for a quarter of a million people getting raised up, a lot of them from the dead. And I believe he died of a broken heart. Well, that's a downer. But so, we did that, and the only thing I can tell you, I can't tell you a lot about that, but we came home wondering, what are we going to do with this? And it was a short time later, and I'm very careful what I say, because I know this video goes out, but we had someone in our family, not our children, who was really debilitated, let's put it that way, young man very debilitated good-looking athlete all of a sudden couldn't do nothing but lay in bed with a headache 
been to Rochester, been everywhere, going to be taking, they told him it was going to take years of counseling, therapy. I called up, said I'd like to pray for so-and-so. And I didn't think any more about it. Went in there, had a relationship with him. Yeah, like to have laid hands on him. And in 10 days, he became an A student. The, the debilitation was gone. And I, I just have to be careful because I know they might listen to this today. And I don't, I, I just be careful what I say. But I'm telling you what. Graduated from a very good university after that. Never been bigger than a C student ever before that. A student, super athlete. How did Jesus heal people? If everybody ever asked you that, what do you think the main thing he did to get people healed? Well, it says so in, in a scripture that's gotten me a lot lately in Mark, and basically is it six? I didn't write that down today, but, but Jesus said he saw that there was no, all the people, he saw there was no shepherd, and he had compassion upon the sheep. Jesus healed with compassion. What does that mean to you and me? Sandy said it. We have to care. But the other thing is, we have to believe this stuff. You know, I thought about, uh, oh, there's so much more here, but you know what, we'll, we'll get done what we can today, but this is going to go on a lot because I want this to flow through you and me and everybody else. We're talking about a healing revival. We don't have to run to some city where some big tent's going up. I'm for all that. We don't need to. The anointing is here. Amen? If we move in it. But there's some areas here, uh, I'll just kind of touch these because it's just like, uh, uh, it's just like. Mark 6.34. Yeah, you can, you can write that down. But it, it's, it's true, and oh, there's so much to share about this. But you see, uh, I made that good point, though. This is not a side issue. I made that point really clear. I guarantee you, and I don't mean to condemn anybody, but I guarantee you these mainline, full, quote, full gospel churches today still think it's a side issue. I'm sorry to say it, and it sounds like I'm critical, but I'm not. I'm trying to lead you to really believe that, that there's no side issue about healing. Um, boy, I could... I need, to, I need to do something here. But anyway, you know what John 10.10 10 says. You know what that says. He said, the thief has come but to kill, steal, and destroy. But he said, I have come to give you life in abundance. Now that word abundance, first of all, it's Zoe life. That's a powerful word, Zoe life. He came to give you a Zoe life. And if you do a little word study on that, you see that that has to do with a super abundant, an exceedingly super abundant life. If you need healing in your body, you'd like to have some of that super exceedingly abundant life, and you wouldn't you. And you'd like to be surrounded with people that are full of that life to minister to you. Amen. Exceeding a superabundant life 
above measure. That's what Jesus wants for you. I mean, you hear all kind of stuff. And what I hear is God wants his people whole and healthy. 